Wolf and Luke. We could create a whole world in the mind of the listener simply by using sound effects. Ron Wolfley. <laughs> Luke Lipinski. Huh. Wolf and Luke. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Hour number two of the show, live from the Auction Community Studios. We are joined right now, Wolf, on the Arizona Sports Line by our own Phoenix Suns guru, Kellen Olson, is joining us right now. Um, Kellen, it hasn't been that long since we've talked to you, but the story has evolved. How are you doing, man? Doing great. Uh, let's see where we are at fr- on Friday, I guess. I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> What's it? Just obviously, Killer, your reaction to the news that D.A. had not spoken to Monty Williams. Just really surprised. Uh, I wrote a column, Wolf, after DeAndre's offer sheet was matched and just wrote about how this kind of thing with DeAndre coming forward, it was going to take work from both sides. And and from the Suns' side, part of that obviously had to do with, like, Monty Williams repairing anything that needed to be repaired. And I wrote in the column, I read it yesterday, that Monty will do that. I wrote it with utmost certainty because we know how Monty is and we know how he maximizes his relationships with his players and how that has led to plenty of situations over the last three years where he's been able to get more out of his players just because of how much they trust him and how they have a great rapport with him. Uh, I was looking back uh, last year to make sure I had the facts right on this, and and, and I did. DeAndre told us uh, in training camp last year that he got a text from Monty Williams while he was on on vacation in the Bahamas, and the text from Monty said, I want you in game shape day one at training camp. And then DeAndre said he just put down everything on vacation and immediately got to work to meet that standard. So like that, that just kind of speaks to the relationship that Monty would have with players and, and getting more out of them, but also just to the fact that like Monty and DeAndre were, were talking in the summer. Like That was something that they used to do, and, and, and I guess they haven't. Now, it's just really surprising, and especially for, for someone like Monty, I think everyone is kind of in agreement here that if you're going to put the put the blame, I guess for lack of a better word, on anyone, it, it needs to be on him because this is kind of his job to keep the relationships where they need to be. And obviously there was some there's some ill will there. There's some there's some dysfunction there. I don't really know how to describe it because we know like 3%, 5% of the details here, but that three to five percent is that DeAndre isn't getting along with his head coach right now. It feels pretty safe to say that after the way that he spoke yesterday. Yeah, that's a great point. I've forgotten about that Bahamas story from uh, from last year. Kellen Olson is joining us right now. Uh, Kellen, it was it, one of the things that kept coming up on this show, and even when you were filling in on this show, when all the Kevin Durant stuff was going on, kept talking about. Okay, I'm assuming Monty Williams and or James Jones are talking to these guys whose names keep coming up. DeAndre Ayton would be at the top of that list. The two of the staples of this team, the last. Few years have been their ability to communicate and their ability to keep any issues sort of behind closed doors why are those things changing right now is there any chance monty williams is doing any of this somewhat intentionally that that's a really interesting part and dan bickley wrote a column on our site kind of getting into what he thinks in terms of like the strategy here is if if there was strategy behind what uh, everything that happened yesterday and and to that point Part of Monty's uh, answers on this, he he alluded to the fact that, like, I've had issues with Chris, I've had issues with Devin, I've had issues with Mikel, and 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 that's fair. Like, he's going to have those issues, but we have never gotten an inkling of it happening at all publicly, like at all. We've had no reason to believe once that anything like that, any sort of strife, was there. Even with their performance in the postseason last year. 
I don't think anyone was pointing the fingers at, at Chris and Monty being at odds or Devin and Monty being at odds or Mikel or the cams or, or anyone like that. Or, and then DeAndre, of course, it, I don't think anyone was necessarily thinking that. But then once the thing happened, it's when he came out of the game for the last time on the season, the speculation started. And now for, for DeAndre to make it public, now it is now it is out there. And, and you just kind of wonder, I, I, I guess, the, the mending process here that can happen going forward and, and, and what comes of it and if anything can come of it. I mean, this is an extremely gracious way to put it and extremely optimistic, but hey, if they don't talk and DeAndre plays the best basketball of his career, then, then okay. And, and I think something for everyone to understand about DeAndre throughout this whole process is um, there were uh, people who were able to follow him around on Monday while he was out of the interview room just saying that he was happy, he was smiling, he was laughing with his teammates. And let's get, let's get something clear. DeAndre loves playing with his teammates and loves playing for his teammates. And that was part of what he said yesterday. And, and this is not going to be a situation, in my opinion, I, I don't think so, where he's going to pout on the court and, and not try as hard because he, he loves playing with the, these guys. Some of these guys are his closest friends, and he's not going to jeopardize their opportunity to win, and he still wants to win at the end of the day. So, Killer, I've got to my opinion as to what they want to see from DeAndre Ayton. What do you think they want to see from D.A.? It always goes back to consistency, Wolf, and, and that was something that I wrote about in that column I mentioned in July is that if the Suns re-sign DeAndre and bring him back, which they did, that just means they're kind of accepting him for who he is and accepting that these inconsistencies are going to come. Against the New Orleans Pelicans in the first round, that was the best offensive stretch of DeAndre's career, and it came when the Suns absolutely needed it the most. And if they get an average to below average DeAndre Ayton series in the first round, they might have gotten eliminated. He was phenomenal in that series. And then we go to the Dallas series where he's even more of an X factor going in because Dallas doesn't have anyone physically that can match up to him at all. And it was very mixed and, and for the most part negative for the last couple of games. And, and that inconsistency in his game has just prevented him from being what we all know he can be, which is one of the three best centers in the league. And the reason why I say three is because Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic exist, who are guys who were in the running for MVP this year. If they didn't, I would say number one, because DeAndre is that talented. Cam Johnson compared him to a creative player on a video game on Monday because DeAndre is just like that skilled and, and that just his physical prowess is unmatched across the league pretty much. So I, I think that the consistency with him has always been the thing and just everyone watching, whether you are the highest on DeAndre or the lowest on DeAndre, everyone watching can see that there is that first, second team All-NBA center in there, and we're starting to see more and more of it as the years come by, but I think the consistency has been has been lacking. Kellen Olsen, great stuff as always, man. Enjoy your quiet training camp after your quiet off season. Yep, sure, it'll be a quiet season, too. Yep. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thanks. It's Thanks, Olsen joining us right there on the Arizona Sports Line. I honestly had like 15 more questions for Kellen. Again, I mean, if, if and we'll get back into it later on in the show, but like if the plan is, okay, let's let's uh, keep DA and Monty at odds a little bit to see how DA responds, that's great. That's not sustainable. <laughs> You're going to do this for four years where DA is, is mad at his coach. That's at some point, that's not going to work. Uh, all right, we come back to Cardinals, three games in, one win. They're surrounded by questions. How about this one? Who that's actually healthy and on the field could be giving more right now? That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 
Kyler and the Cardinals look to finally get the team's offense crunked up in Carolina. Carolina's had our numbers. It's going to be a tough game. We understand that. Kickoff at 105 Sunday afternoon. Where's the guru? I'm on to Carolina. Listen to the game on the Arizona Sports app at 98.7 FM and read our previews of Cards Panthers on ArizonaSports.com. Across the greedy desert To where the mountains touch the sky This is Sanderson Ford Country Where Arizona's pride Follow the road to Sanderson Ford To check out America's best lineup Like the all-new award-winning electric Mustang Mach-E Blaze new trails in a new Bronco Or Bronco Sport And drive a new F-150 or Super Duty truck America's best-selling trucks for 45 years. Sanderson Ford has trucks with new inventory arriving daily. Or come in and let us help you custom order your truck your way with no deposit. Sanderson Ford is America's most awarded Ford dealership because they treat customers the right way with no hassle, no pressure, no nonsense, no added markups. All roads lead to Sanderson Ford for sales, service, and satisfaction. Sun Devil Football returns home to take on the Washington Huskies Saturday, October 8th in the annual Hall of Fame game. The Sun Devils will debut their special Rising Devils Adidas uniforms, and at halftime, ASU will honor the newest inductees into the Sun Devil Athletics Hall of Fame, including seven-time Pro Bowler and two-time Super Bowl champion Terrell Suggs. Get your tickets today by calling 480-727-0000 or go online to sundevilltickets.com. The 2022 Sun Devil football season features several upgrades for fans. Arrive early and cool off at the Dos Equis Pitchfork pregame on the north side of Desert Financial Arena. Admissions free and food and beverage are available for purchase. Inside Sun Devil Stadium, fans will experience shorter lines and quicker service with cashless concessions. On the Coca-Cola Sun Deck, enjoy a new craft beer station, slow-smoke barbecue, and wood-fired pizza. Get your tickets now by calling 480-727-0000 or go online at sundevilltickets.com. Does your car need an oil change? Brake squeaking? Check engine light on? Bring your vehicle to a AAA Auto Repair Center. That's right. AAA, the brand you trust, does auto repair. From routine maintenance to major repairs, AAA Auto Repair Center certified technicians do it all. And if you're not a AAA member, no problem. Everyone is welcome at AAA Auto Repair Centers. To find a location, visit AAA.com slash repair. Outsmart life and auto repairs at AAA. For you, plum isn't a flavor of pudding. It's how you prove you did things right. At work, you carry around a cat's paw and talk about cripples, crowns, and cheek cuts. You're proud to be a framer. You're good at it. And Madden Craftsman would be proud to find you a Madden job. Madden Craftsman has immediate openings with great pay for framers. To get started, fill out our one-minute app at IamMadden.com. You're a Madden Craftsman. Get a Madden job. Hey, y'all. Rosie here. And Romy from Rosie on the House. When you're ready to go solar, deal with an honest solar provider with the integrity to give you a trustworthy proposal that serves your needs, not theirs. Do not buy solar 
solar panels till you talk to Fox Valley Electric and Solar. And learn how to maximize your efficiency with an energy management computer. Fox Valley Electric and Solar, correct solar installation at an honest price. Call Fox Valley Electric and Solar for a free solar estimate. 623-587-7370. It's my favorite time of year. Football season in full swing and so are the deals at Albertsons and Safeway. Paul Calvi here and here's the game plan. Time to go shopping and get rewards as a proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Earn points for every dollar you spend. Redeem rewards on free products and cash discounts up to $20 off. And the big one for me, drive into the stadium, use your rewards for up to a dollar off per gallon at the tank. Just download the Albertsons or Safeway deals and delivery app and start earning rewards today. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. All right, well, it feels, maybe we say this every year, but it feels like more injuries than usual for the Cardinals to start the season. They were relatively healthy last week, relatively, in the sense that nobody knew was showing up on the injury report. And they should be getting healthier soon. There was Antonio Hamilton tweeting stuff out, uh, was that yesterday, two days ago, that he's out there on the field kind of getting a little bit of reps in. He's eligible to return after this week if all goes well. Rondale Moore potentially could be back this weekend. This is Cliff Kingsbury from just a few moments ago talking about Rondale today. Yeah, yeah. He was limited some, but um, good, good to have him back out there. And hopefully he progresses uh, to the point that we can get something out of him Sunday. I don't know to what extent, yes. All right, so there's a lot of different players that, that have been out that you might be getting back that you might be able to lean on, right? But yeah. then there are guys there that obviously the guys that are playing, they've only managed to get one win out of three. So, Deontay Thompson gets let go yesterday, and you can read into that a lot of different ways. Some people think Jesse Locata was going to get poached by Baltimore, potentially. That, that theory's been out there. But either way, they make that move. They let Deontay Thompson go. How do you read that move? You know, for me, with Deontay Thompson, of course, um, that is a message to everybody that is in the locker room right now. This is a guy that isn't a rookie. This is a guy that is a veteran. A young guy, but a veteran nonetheless, and they put him at a position of responsibility, the personal protector. This is something that I played for 10 years in the National Football League. I kid you not. I was the personal protector on every punt team I was on in 10 years. And I was that personal protector, and that personal protector, of course, you've got responsibilities. Not only calling the protections up front, And not only recognizing when the other team may be coming after you, but um, having the responsibility of green quick snaps, having that where you might have to go ahead and and snap it quickly. Get on the ball. Get on the ball. You've got responsibilities that you have to um, execute, not only verbally, but also physically. And Deontay Thompson made a mistake. He backed up. He did not stand firm. Once your heels go into the ground as a personal protector, you don't back up an inch ever. And you sell out with everything you've got, picking up anybody that is coming up through the A gaps or the B gap, depending on the kind of protection you're running. And you can't ever do it because of the punter. You might actually get it blocked. And that's exactly what happened. Deontay Thompson made a mental error, and that mental error cost him. Because they cut him. And that is a message to everybody in the locker room. 
Yeah, there's not a lot of margin for error right now. Uh, one and two with losses to the Chiefs and the Rams, just on paper. Okay, I think a lot of teams would be one and two if they played the Chiefs and the Rams in their first three games. That's fine. But, and we said this on Monday, the part of the schedule now where you can write it off as, yeah, okay, we're playing some really tough teams, that's out the window. Carolina is a team you have to beat. They are a team you probably need to be ahead of if you want to make the playoffs. And they are a team that has owned you the last three years. For whatever reason, it's, it's weird that the Cardinals have played them three times in the last three years, and this will be the fourth. And it's also weird that they've lost to him all three times. So to your point, that attention to detail that, you know, and I don't know that Deontay Thompson got let go because of one play, but especially if you're a fringe guy, Wolf, you can't afford to make a mental error if if you're a fringe guy on this team or any team. Yeah, no, you can't. And once again, if you are, this is the way you deal with it. (laughs) You know, they're not going to they're not going to treat everybody the same. They're not going to do it. But they will make examples out of some. And you make a mistake, who knows? We might see Deontay Thompson back. We might see him because I think he's an NFL player. I think that he is. This, more than anything, was, okay, you know what? We're losing games right now. We we can't have that. We can't start that way, and we can't have that because we're losing games. One and two right now. And that, that totally contributed to our start. And how we started this game. What, and it was a mental error. And it was a mental error. And we're not going to tolerate it. That's exactly what they're saying right now. Uh, going around the uh, the room yesterday, Greg Dortch spoke. And Greg Dortch is one of those guys that is giving everything you could possibly ask and probably more. Has he been perfect? No. But when you look at the list, if you could grade out all the players on this team that have played. And, and just simply, okay, are they giving us what we expected? Are they not giving us enough? Or are they actually exceeding expectations? expectations he's probably not the only player that's exceeding expectations but Greg Dortch is the only one I can think of off the top of my head that has exceeded my expectations so far yeah. this season yeah right now who needs to pick it up who needs to pick it up I, I think um, on the offensive side of the ball as well I'm going to say AJ Green I, I'm going to say that now I know AJ Green is going to miss I know he's hurt he's doubtful at least I should say that for but the game doubtful from Cliff but, means but I think AJ Green has been given the opportunity to make a couple of plays and you know on fades Kyler has targeted him a couple of times he's had a couple of bad drops as a matter of fact yeah I, I, we need more out of AJ Green here's uh, here's Dorch talking about what changes this Sunday if Green can't go uh, I think we have guys that are ready to uh, step up and play I, mean, I, I love going out there and competing with AJ um, he's a he's a fierce competitor, um, so that's definitely going to be a, a big loss for us. But man, this is the NFL, man. You got guys that are, have been waiting to play, um, and it's next man up. And I'm excited to see those guys get a chance. Now, I would say this on the defensive side of the football, Wolf. Um, you know, JJ Watt has provided a couple sacks. You're not asking for any more than you're getting from Buda Baker, Jalen Thompson. They probably are internally, yeah. you know. And and you know, it's again, nobody's been perfect here through the first three weeks of the season. But just in general, the pass rush, and you know, Marcus Golden is like my one of my favorite players in the league. Yeah, we haven't seen Marcus Golden with a sack or two yet. Like, where's the Marcus Golden strip sack that this team needs? Maybe it's coming on Sunday. Yeah, when we start talking about players, they need to get more out of uh, Marcus Golden. Does not come to mind for me. That's just me personally right now. What they need is more from Zayvon Collins. Well, what they need yeah. is more from Isaiah Simmons. They need more from those guys right there, particularly those guys. They need more. 
Simmons and Collins are, that's, yeah. Well, <laughs> I wasn't even thinking, but yeah, I mean, you're right. Those those two. Simmons, you need him on the field to see more from him. I'm guessing Zayvon Collins will be out there this Sunday. Yes. It's, it's not a playing time issue with him. It's more the injury uh, or, you know, getting hurt at the end of that uh, game last week against the Rams. But yeah, I mean, if those two could could play to their potential, of all the players we're going to name here, of like, okay, who could be given more? If Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins were giving first-round-level production, this team would be just fine. They really would. They might still be 1-2 and two right now, yeah, but you right. feel pretty good about them winning this Sunday and maybe winning a couple weeks from now. The Philadelphia game, you know, it's going to be a toss-up either way. The best you're going to feel. The, the Eagles are 3-0. and oh, They might be the best team in the league right now. Uh, but these other games, you would feel pretty confident the Cardinals are going to win if you were getting first-round production from Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons. Yeah, you know, it, it's so interesting, too, because it brings me full circle all the way back to Deontay Thompson right now and the impact that that will have on this team, knowing he's been around for a couple of years, Deontay Thompson, and the fact that you cut him because he made a mental error. And it wasn't only that, it was also symbolic, right? It was symbolic of of the starts we've seen from this team. It was symbolic as well, I think. And it applies to what it is that um, Cliff Kingsbury is trying to accomplish, which is Cliff Kingsbury becoming the alpha male inside of that locker room. That's what it's got to be going forward. And I, and I honestly believe he has taken steps doing this with the Marco Wilson and what we saw from Cliff Kingsbury in training camp. We weren't seeing that the first about, three years. We were not seeing that. Now all of a sudden, Deontay Thompson, that is a message to everybody. Trust me on that. We will not tolerate this. You don't have to scream. You don't have to yell. Cliff doesn't have to change who he is. All he has to do. Stuff like this. Well, I, I'm sure that conversation happened. And I know. I get it. I understand how people feel about Cliff getting the extension he got. I get it. But I'm sure that conversation happened when they gave Cliff the extension of, okay, what this is going to give you is maybe a little more firm ground to stand on. So take the next step as a coach. Be more of the alpha. If guys, you know, when you're in your the last year of your deal and you haven't, in some people's minds, proven it yet as a coach – I would assume it's tough to be the alpha with a player that's like, I'm going to be here longer than you. You're going to be gone at the end of the year, so I'm not listening to you. Now, whether you like it or not, Cliff's here for, you know, I I mean, he's at least signed through, what, six more years. So that that sort of foundation is there for him to take more chances. Yeah, once again, um, we can sit here and argue all day long in regard to the extension and should he have gotten the extension and how many years really got that many years the extension. For me... Five, eight, eleven. Five, eight, eleven. This team has gotten better every year under Cliff. He should have gotten an extension. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. Weather, injuries, a couple desperate teams. going to be messy in Carolina on Sunday. What will Wolf watch is next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. <laughs> Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Boy, that quote on the TV right now, Wolf, to us saying, quote, everything is impacted by the back injury, unquote. That doesn't sound great. No, it doesn't. Man, injury, once again, you have to wonder about Tua Tungabailoa and whether or not injuries 
will end his career prematurely. Well, the back injury in week three, not uh, not ideal. All right, let's get to what will Wolf watch in the Panthers-Cardinals game on Sunday. Wolf said it going into the break. You got some desperate teams. You've got some injuries on the Cardinals side. And you got some nasty weather too. What does that all add up to? And what will Wolf watch? What will Wolf watch? Cloudy in Carolina. Hurricane Ian is nowhere near Phoenix, Arizona, but may impact the outcome of Big Red's game against the Carolina Panthers on Sunday, and unfortunately, do a ton of damage in the process. The Category 4 hurricane has made landfall based on Ian south of Tampa Bay, and the National Weather Service predicts lingering rain and storms could affect Bank of America Stadium in a very negative way on Sunday. The National Weather Service hasn't been around as long as storm superstitions and war. Storms have been an omen to many tribes, hamlets, villages, towns, and cities for many, many years. And although they may mean nothing to me and you, they will mean a lot to the quarterbacks trying to throw the ball on Sunday. Isn't that right, Kyler Murray? Storm lore is very popular to fishermen and coastal communities, of course. Don't confuse storm lore with superstition. Storm lore is defined as observing details and recording events that follow those details. Specific days become important within the calendar for year-long weather predictions, such as St. Paul's Day, January 25th. Fine weather meant the harvest would be good. Snow or rain meant famine and scarcity later in the year. Clouds or mist meant pestilence would strike the land, and high winds meant war. Listen, I don't know about war, but a battle is coming to Charlotte, North Carolina. Two desperate teams will try to impose their misfortune on the other, and the Cardinals' ability to run the ball should determine who wins this game. The Panthers' rush defense is average, and the Cardinals' rushing attack is meh. What appears to be a wash is more like a surge for the team that wins this bloody knuckle contest on the line of scrimmage. The Cardinals receiver room is decimated by injury and suspension. And although the wins are picking up for the return of Rondell Moore and Antoine Wesley, the Cardinals shortage at receiver and the inclement weather should force them into more 12 personnel. Oh, darn. Big Red may be forced to hand the ball off and attack the line of scrimmage in a north-south fashion due to all the east-west rain. James Conner and Daryl Williams may be forced to choose the third rail of running the ball and truck would-be tacklers as they struggle to get their footing in the showers of this severe storm. Eno Benjamin may play a bigger role while executing the tackle zone, being the best tackle zone back on the team, keeping his feet beneath him in the muddy puddles. The Panthers' pass defense is their strength, while the rush defense is giving up well over four yards per carry. Speaking of the number of the world, Hurricane Ian is a Category 4. Storm lore and legend seems appropriate for these two teams in Week 4 of the NFL season. 
The Panthers employ a 4-3 defense, and their defensive coordinator is Phil Snow. S-N-O-W. You can't make this stuff up, and you couldn't have authored a better time to find an offense built on running the ball. An old storm roar saying goes as follows. Beware of an oak. It draws the stroke. Avoid an ash. It courts the flash. Creep under the thorn. It can save you from the storm. A Cardinals victory hangs in the breeze, searching for dry ground beneath their feet. Whichever team gets lower, whoever embraces the storm, whoever is more physical, and whoever creeps under the thorn should win this game. Man, I love that. That's been around for like hundreds of years. Beware of an oak, it draws the stroke. Avoid an ash, it courts the flash. Creep under the thorn, it can save you from the storm. As somebody who grew up on Alice in Chains, I, uh, I, I'm impressed by the fact that like every three or four weeks, I walk out of here being like, I haven't heard that song in forever, I need to go back and listen to that. You know what I thought of? Huh. Why don't we play that song more often? That's yeah. There's like that these, is a banger. These deep Alice in Chains cuts that Wolf comes up. I with. love it, man. Honestly, it's going to rain, right? Um, yeah. Uh, we don't need to go into the lyrics, space and onions. You yeah. know, you don't need to worry just, about just that. Sound, right? It's just the sound. It's of just Alice the sound Chains. of Alice in Chains right there. There's no doubt about it. But honestly, this is going to be this is this game is going to come down to who runs the ball better. Period. And I think the Arizona Cardinals in particular, we got to be looking right at them because the Carolina Panthers already believe that's part of their attack. Yeah, that's who they are. That's That's who they are, man. They're going to put Baker Mayfield under center. They're going to run that tackle zone. They're going to attack the line of scrimmage with that tackle zone. Here it comes, everybody. Look, it's Christian McCaffrey. And they're going to run the zone read as well. They're going to do that. Only it'll be a pretty a predetermined handoff for the most part. They're going to do that. They're going to run the inside play. They're going to run the inside zone. This is who they are. They're going to use play action to throw the ball. Um, the Arizona Cardinals have got to defend the run as well. But this game is going to come down to the line of scrimmage, and I think a lot of it's going to have to do with all the buckets of rain that are going to come down Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We haven't even gotten into this storyline, and, and I'm sure we will as the week goes on, but it maybe it's minimized by the weather this is Baker against Kyler again. Yeah. Uh, it's the first time it has, it's become a, a storyline in this particular matchup. It was the storyline last year when the Cardinals played the Browns. You know, that that, that storyline is certainly there when these two teams meet. But to your points, if you're the Cardinals, you clearly like to win games with Kyler throwing. And if you're the Panthers, you like to win games with Christian McCaffrey touching the ball as much as possible. Yes. And one of those is more conducive to this weather that we're going to see on Sunday uh, just naturally. So the Cardinals are going to have to adjust or they're going to be a real tough spot. This is a game. I, 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 I'll just keep saying it. You need to be better than Carolina. You can write off a loss to the Chiefs. You can write off a loss to the Rams by saying we don't need to be better than those teams yet. Ideally, we would be, but we don't need to yet. If you go to one and three and you just lost to Carolina, that to me is about as league average as it gets. The Carolina Panthers uh, early on 
this season. I agree. Uh, all right, we come back. What's the thinking behind sending Alec Thomas down, and what do the D-backs have left to accomplish in the final week of the season? We're going to ask General Manager Mike Hazen. He'll join us next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. The home of Arizona Diamondbacks baseball. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Diamondbacks front office focus with Wolf and Luke. Presented by Gettle Air Conditioning and Plumbing. Geo E-T-T-L. It'll keep you cool, but it's hard to spell. Gettle.com. D-backs back at it tonight in Houston against the Astros. Zach Gallen on the mound for the D-backs. So to me, this is a, a must-see game. Wolf, anytime Zach Gallen is pitching, he actually, you know, if they stick to the schedule, will pitch tonight. He will pitch next Tuesday in Milwaukee, and that'll be it for a phenomenal season from Zach Gallen. D-backs have seven games left. You got the Astros tonight. They've got three in San Francisco starting Friday, and they've got three in Milwaukee Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of next week. And then the regular season ends a week from tonight for the D-backs. So that's going to be big. I mean, honestly, right now I cannot wait to talk to Mike Hazen. And um, Mike, of course, always gives us some very candid answers. Mm-hmm. I cannot wait to talk to him in regard to this year and how he puts this year into perspective. Well, because it, just record-wise, and I don't think the record tells the story, obviously, but just record-wise, uh, or it doesn't tell the whole story. I mean, it is your record. They've already won 19 more games this year than they won last year. Yeah. Now, now that's not the ultimate goal, but, but that is noticeable improvement right there. And then you factor in all the young players as well. He's joining us right now on the Arizona Sports Line. Uh, D-backs GM Mike Hazen. Mike, thank you for the time as always. How are you doing today? Doing all right, guys. Thanks. So, Mike, when you think of this year overall in terms of how your team has performed on the diamond, what are you going to take away from this year? Uh, yeah, that's an interesting question. I think it's a question we're going to kind of wrestle with here over the next month um, as we usually do to step back and assess what, what what's happened. Um you know, we, we've talked about this, like where we were 365 days ago from where we are today and where are we going to be 365 days from now? Um, you know, certainly there's been aspects of the team that are better. I think the things that I will take that I feel like are better are the, in aggregate, the depth of young player that has come up not only to be on the roster, but to contribute to the roster and their performances. I think that is something that I can, uh, pretty confidently say is a hundred percent better than it was a year ago. The team that we were kind of, you know, finishing up with at the end of 2021 versus the team that we're finishing up with in 2022. Having said that um, there, you know, you don't end up in the low seventies and wins um, and feel like there's not a mountain to still climb in terms of where you need to get to. And, you know, those areas are pretty, they're pretty obvious in some cases, um, maybe they're nuanced in others in terms of how you, you know, add to the position player group being the, the latter and then the former being we need to do a better job of from the seventh to the ninth inning of kind of shutting down games that we've, you know, we've, where we have our starting rotation and then into into the late innings there of closing games out. I think that's been an area that we have struggled with all year and we need to make some tangible improvements to that. So. You know, by and large, we've pushed the ball forward in terms of where the team was to where it is today. We still have a long way to go. Mike Hazen joining us right now. Mike, I think it surprised some of us to see Alec Thomas sent down yesterday. Now, Tori Lavello was on with Burns and Gambo and gave us some of the reasoning. But but what what is your thought behind that move? 
Yeah, I, I, you know, when I step back from just the individual move, I, this, the season's still not over. I, I know that's pretty obvious, but I think when you get to this point sometimes with teams that, aren't, that are struggling, um, not going to finish in the playoffs, that, you know, seven, eight games left, it's, it's it, you know, sometimes you can, the, 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 you can envision, you know, hey, well, it's only seven or eight more games. Well, those seven or eight games are pretty important to us. And, you know, he was struggling. And I think there were some specific things that he was struggling with in terms of from, the, from an adjustment standpoint, from an aggressiveness standpoint, from where he was at with his swing. You know, I give a kid a lot of credit going right down to AAA and getting in the lineup the first night. Um, but we, 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 don't, we don't take our foot off the gas pedal just because, you know, the easy decision, would again, from our standpoint, is to just turn an eye to it and decide, well, what does it matter? Um, it matters a lot. I think the biggest thing being there's some adjustments that need to be made with regard to where, you know, he had kind of gone here in the second half. Um, still think overall first year in the big leagues, he acquitted himself pretty well. Um, but there's some adjustments that need to be made. And it's not just with him. You look across, you know, you get, don't get trapped into talking about this young team, you know, this young team that they're going to get there at some point. Well, they need to get there at some point. It's not, they're going to get there. They need to get there. And, there's a lot of adjustments that need to come to take our performance from where it is today to where it needs to be if you're going to want to play in the playoffs. And I still think that's the gap that we need to close. Those adjustments you're talking about with, with Alec Thomas, are those things that he's able to do in the offseason when he's not facing live pitching, or, or some of this kind of has to wait till spring training? Yeah, I think some of it probably waits till spring training. I think there's probably some swing adjustments here or there that tweaks that guys make in the off season that he might do at fundamental. We like his swing. I, I don't necessarily think it's from that standpoint. I think it might be, you know, things like pitch selection approach, how he's going to go about, you know, counter punching, getting pitched to at the major league level. It's a big difference between getting pitched to in triple A and getting pitched to at the major league level. Um, and that's what young position players have to go through. They have to live that in some cases. So I do think there's an experience that needs to happen. Um, but sometimes taking a step back from that experience, I'll point to Jake McCarthy, um, where we did it twice to Jake. We, you know, obviously we're out of time now for Alec to come back up. Um, but we did it twice to Jake. Both times Jake came up and he was better. And I think that, I don't think that's just because we send him down. And I think whether you get a chance to breathe a little bit, whether you get a chance to mentally process what the big leagues is compared to AAA, I don't exactly know what that is, um, but some of that sometimes has to happen. And if it happens because we send him down now and he processes that over the offseason, ready to go in spring training, he'll be much better for it, will be much better for it. Mike, honestly, is, is there ever a bad, is it ever a bad thing, I should say, to remind a young guy about how difficult it is to play at the highest level our species can generate. I, I think it's not only good for him, I think it's good for a lot of the young guys that are around him observing him. Your thoughts on that? I would agree with that. I don't necessarily, if, if applied the right way, it's not a punishment. We get the business side of the game where the big leagues is tangibly different than the minor leagues. So that's, that's a fact. And that's not something anyone hides or I I get that part of it. It's not a punishment though. This is a kind of wanting to see these young guys move up in their careers with regard to how they are able to handle failure, how they're able to handle a slump, how they're able to handle success. 
And sometimes taking your foot off the gas pedal a little bit, going down to a league that's clearly a lower caliber league in terms of what you face on a nightly basis, sometimes it could be confidence. It could be some of the stuff that we can't quantify. Um, and you just hope that it's applied. I will tell you that going down and wanting to be in the lineup the next night is a very good first sign for how somebody yeah. is looking at something because that's the hardest day probably, yeah. you know, the day after when you could feel sorry for yourself instead of going and trying to get better. And he clearly went down with the intention of getting better, but we knew that about him. Um, he is a, he is a very talented player. He's got great makeup and we love the kid. So I hope that that, that happens for him. Yep. Yeah, that's a great point. We're being joined by uh, D-backs GM Mike Hazen. Mike, uh, Zach Gallon pitching tonight against Justin Verlander, so that's a pretty good pitching matchup. But uh, Gallon likely will have tonight and one other start this season. Uh, he's obviously grown by leaps and bounds this season, but what has stood out most to you about Zach Gallon in 2022? Um, I, I, I don't know. I, like you said, I mean, he's just been dominant uh, for about three months now. It, it's been fun to watch. It's not surprising if you ask me that question. None of this surprises. He's that talented. He's that talented and that smart to keep it going. Um, you know, we hope, you know, keep him healthy, keep him strong, and he's going to be anchoring our rotation. It's, it's uh, you know, it's the, you know, yes, he has a tough matchup tonight because um, he's also facing a guy that you could probably talk very similarly about. Um, but by and large, over the 162 games, we're lucky to have this guy and, um you know, he, he's, he, he does so many things. He's got great stuff, and he, he applies it in such a, an advanced manner that he, he's going to be just fine. Mike, where do you project Dalton Varsho? First of all, can I just say, like, could this kid hit 30 home runs? I can't even believe we're even talking about this. He's got 27 so far. Just your thoughts on Dalton Varsho, how he's done, and where you project him in terms of getting his, um, his most at-bats per Per, uh, position, I, you know, if you're asking me where we project him defensively, I, I don't know. I, you know, a lot of our roster still is in a position where we're trying to figure that out too, uh, and not. I don't say that in a confused, bad way. I think it's these guys are so athletic and good that it just gives us the ability to construct a team in a way that um, gives us a lot of flexibility. It's a, it's a, it's a huge benefit for us in the front office as we make decisions. Um, He's a, you know, he's made some really good adjustments in the second half. He's really taken off. He's always had that power. I think as he grows as a hitter, you're going to see that average climb too, mm-hmm. and he's going to become that much more dynamic. Um, but the athleticism, the speed, you know, we feel like going into next year, we have the ability to bring four or five guys on an, in, on an everyday basis into the lineup that are going to cause a lot of problems. Mm. Mike, this is always one of our favorite interviews of the week, man. Thank you for the time this season. All right, guys. Thanks Thank a lot. You, brother. Thanks a lot. That's Mike Hazen joining us right there on the Arizona Sports Line. Interesting stuff there, specifically with Alec Thomas, too, and just kind of... Oh, you know, my goodness. I love it right there. The psychology of it all. It's beautiful. I like that he just flat out said it's a pretty good sign that Alec Thomas went to, to Reno and immediately wanted to be in the lineup. You know that night, yes. like not not going to sit there and and, and pout oh, about. Oh, that kid's going to be a player. Yeah, he's got the right mindset for sure. Coming up next, we're going to take you through the top stories of the day. Wolfing down your lunch is next. It's Wolf and Luke on ninety eight seven FM Arizona Sports Station. You've been listening to Diamondbacks Front Office Focus, presented by Gettle Air Conditioning and Plumbing. G O E T T L. It'll keep you cool, but it's hard to spell. Gettle.com.